Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Well, there you go. What is up with that? I was asking that question about some of the things Tyler was wearing, but what's up with that? How are you guys doing? Welcome back from spring break. You guys doing good? No one is excited to be here from spring break. Okay. Good. I'm glad to see all of you guys. All right. Well, like Kelsey said, we are finishing the last five weeks of this semester. Kind of crazy how fast it's going. We're finishing the last five weeks of our semester talking um, about an array of things. And tonight we're starting with baptism. So from a show of hands, uh, let me know if you've ever like seen baptism happen. Maybe you've been baptized, your friend or family member has been baptized, or you've sat in service and seen them. Okay, all the nice, lovely pictures that go across. Good. All right, so baptism isn't necessarily this foreign concept to us. We at least have seen some water and some people, so we know kind of the gist, right, of baptism. Um, I was looking online. I really wanted to find like a really good story about baptism, but I think we've already showed the kid at D-Group all day who baptizes himself, which is great. Um, but there was this one story on there of a little uh, six-year-old boy who was in Sunday school. Um, and his teacher was asking, okay, here, who here knows what baptism is? And all the kids kind of reluctant, and this kid shoots his hand up, and he's like, I do, I do. And uh, she said, all right, what is baptism? And he said, it's when the preacher holds you underwater and you think about Jesus. <laughs> and she's, okay, all right, good. So remember that. Just think about Jesus. Stay under there a little bit. Um, I also found... I think it's not true to life, a story true to life, but I think it's a joke. So it's your classic joke. A man, a woman, and a redneck, because hello, Orinoco, Missouri, walk in to a church, and they're all going to be baptized. Okay, so the man, uh, he's baptized first, and he comes up out of the water, and he yells, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay, good. The woman gets baptized, and she comes up out of the water, and she yells, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Okay, hello, football players. Uh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The redneck, he doesn't know any Bible verses. Um, And so he gets baptized, and he comes up out of the water and thinks, what am I going to say? So he says, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Um, So kind of... I think that's not real life, hopefully. Um, It wasn't my joke. I'm not offended. They're not laughing. Um, But we've at least all seen baptisms happen, um, and sometimes people yell things. I love watching men's encounter. Uh, When they come back, some of them yell, freedom, because that's like on their bracelets, and that's really cool. Um, But tonight, I want to start... In the most famous baptism, Patrick mentioned it, the most famous baptism, uh, the best baptism maybe, um, Jesus' baptism, all right? So if you have physical Bibles, go ahead and open them up. Or if you have a phone, go ahead and scroll to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17 is where we find the baptism of Jesus. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17, okay? I'm going to read it and it will be on the screen too. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? 
Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was open. And John saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now that's a good, a good thing to hear after a baptism. Maybe not so much the Christmas thing. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So we might in this room have a lot of different ideas of what baptism is, or we might have some questions um, and want some clarification. So what I thought would be easiest for tonight is to try to make it as simple as possible. So any note takers in here? Anyone like taking notes? Three people. I I tried. (laughs) I tried. So here's what I want you to hear tonight. Baptism is a faithful response of obedience that leads to transformation. Okay? That's going to be our working idea tonight. And what I want to do is I simply want to break that up into three different parts and talk through it. All right? Baptism is a faithful response of obedience that leads to transformation. So first point, if you're a note taker, baptism is a faithful response. We see that in Jesus' baptism, um, he's coming to be baptized by John the Baptist, Baptist, who's baptizing people, and John goes, wait a minute, I'm here telling people about you, and you want me to baptize you. And Jesus says, yes, it will fulfill all righteousness. This is the plan. This is what we're going to do. But later on in Acts 2, we've been there a couple of times this year talking about the early church. In Acts 2, there's a guy named Peter. You might know him. Um, And he stands up amongst this crowd and gives this amazing speech or this like big sermon to this crowd. And he starts, he's talking about the prophet Joel. And he's telling the crowd, you know, All those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then he talks about how it's always been God's plan to deliver Jesus over to death. And then he even brings in some words of David and talking about how the the Messiah would rise again. He would be seated once again at the right hand of God. He wasn't going to stay dead. And so Peter just delivers this amazing speech, sermon, whatever you want to call it. And in the text in Acts 2, it says the, pe- the people, the crowd, were cut to the heart. So Peter gets done basically summing up the whole gospel. I don't know how long it took him. Summing up the whole gospel, and they hear this story of Jesus, and they're cut to the heart, and they say, what do we do now? How do I respond to this? There's something that changed in them. And in Acts 2.38, Peter replied to them and said, repent And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to spend the next two weeks after this talking about the Holy Spirit, so I won't get into that. But Peter, after seeing the faith of these people who were cut to the heart, something changed, something got to them after they hear this grand story about Jesus. And he's also telling them, you know, you've seen the miracles that Jesus did. You've witnessed all of this. You have been a witness to it. And the people are like, yeah, what do we do now? So they're looking for a response. And Peter says, the response is to repent and be baptized. And if you remember a couple weeks ago when I was up here, how'd you all stand up? I'm not going to have you do that. But thinking of repentance as moving in one direction and then doing a total 180, 
confessing the things that you were going after and instead going after the things of God. Repent and be baptized is what Peter says is the response. Because for these people, they, one, witnessed the things that Jesus did, and then they heard about it again when Peter is talking about it. And so for them, it almost seems like baptism is the next step, the response, the physical response of the things that God is already doing in their life, the faith that they already had because they heard the good news of who Jesus was, that this Jesus who was supposed to come and save all of humanity, who was supposed to die, who was not supposed to stay dead, but rise again and go to the right hand of God, it happened. So baptism is a faithful response, and here at Christ Church, we respond in faith by being baptized by immersion. So I know you all are Greek scholars, um, and you all know this, but the, the word in Greek for baptism um, literally means to immerse, to dunk. That's why we had you do those Oreo things. Um, anyone ever tie-dyed a shirt? It's like, you know, when you tie-dye a shirt, you have to dip it in those dyes and keep it submerged in there. That is what that word means. And so that's why we practice immersion when we baptize. But there's something beautiful to immersion too. It doesn't, it's not just we get tie-dyed because we don't. But when we're responding in baptism by immersion, that unites us with the death and resurrection of Jesus. Okay, so Jesus gets put into a dark, maybe cold grave after he's taken off of the cross. And our baptism into the water resembles going into the grave, dying to the old life. And then just as we come out of the waters, we are uniting with Jesus in his resurrection when he rose from the dead. So baptism is a faithful response. Because you have faith, you respond in baptism. But second thing, baptism is also, it's a faithful response of obedience, okay? Patrick kind of said it. I don't know what you guys think of when you think of obedience. There are two things that pop into my head when I think of obedience. One, I think of all those funny little pictures of dogs that get out of obedience school, and either they've passed or they failed. Um, And two, I think of I've never saw this happen in real life, but I think of those old TV shows where there's that kid in class that's like super disobedient and never listens, and he's like put in the corner with that hat on, which is completely wrong, I feel like. But I think of obedience like that, like you have to, you have to do something good or you're going to the corner and you can graduate. But obedience really is just simply responding to somebody's authority, Right? So if you obey someone, you are responding to their authority. If they tell you to do something, you do it. And in Matthew, in a chunk of scripture that you probably know as the Great Commission, Jesus is with his disciples, and he tells them this. He says, all authority and in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus gives his disciples a very clear command. You know this. You've heard probably many people talk about this. A clear command to go and make disciples. And making disciples of telling them the good news, telling them the story of God. 
And hopefully, that faith that they hear, they are baptized, and you baptize them in the same baptism that you were baptized in. But it's because all authority has been given to Jesus that he's able to tell them to obey him, right? And what I, what I don't want you to hear is you have to obey him like it's a transactional thing or it's like a scary God in the sky who's like, if you don't obey me, I'm not going to love you. No, I think one of the sweetest um, things that was ever said to me is the reason that we're able to obey or that we get to obey, we get the choice to obey, is because the one that we are obeying is really good. God is really good. And Jesus is really kind. And so you can obey him because you can trust him. He's trustworthy. And if you don't obey him, I want to challenge you to start reading your Bible. Because I promise you that everything that God promised is coming true or has come true in Jesus. So he can be trusted so you can obey him. Okay? So baptism is this faithful response of obedience. Right? And what's more crazy to me is that in the Matthew 3 thing, Jesus is being obedient in baptism. And you're thinking, okay, dying to your old life, raising to new life, being washed from your sin. Jesus was perfect. He didn't even need to be baptized. But Jesus still obeyed so that we too can trust him and obey. So obey because God is trustworthy and good. And baptism, the third point, is a faithful response of obedience that leads to transformation. Now, transformation is maybe a fancy word to you. Um, When I think of transformation, I think of A Bug's Life. Have any of you seen A Bug's Life? I know it's a really old movie. Watched it on VHS. That's what it's called. Um, Do you guys remember the praying mantis guy on Bug's Life by chance? Looked it up. His name is Manny, which is really cute. Manny was this, like, magician guy, okay? And Manny had this beautiful wife who was a butterfly. And then I can't remember that fat caterpillar's name, but you know what I'm talking about? He's green. And there's like Joe, someone said. We'll call him Joe. Uh, There's this one part where the fat caterpillar, they put him in this like Chinese to-go box. And somehow, I can't remember if they lift him up or if they just shake it or something, but Manny comes out with his little arms, and he goes, transformation. And then his wife, like, floats out of the to-go box, and everyone's like, oh, wow, like a little circus carnival. Um, Transformation, yes, that's true, but that's not really what happens to us, okay? I don't know if that's what y'all are hoping for, but you don't turn into caterpillars and then turn into butterflies, okay? Transformation for us as disciples, or for people that want to know Jesus more, transformation is just a fancy word and way of saying an ongoing process of us becoming more like Jesus. An ongoing process of us becoming more like Jesus. So one with baptism, we're following the example that Jesus did And we're being obedient into what he's asked us to do. But did you catch what God said of Jesus after he came up out of the water? He, like, imagine being there that day and, like, hearing God speak from heaven. And you know that this man who's coming up out of the water is God's son that he loves and that he's well pleased with. 
Like, that is a label put on Jesus as God's son, and that is awesome. And I, I think, like, we're all already God's children. He created us to be in relationship with him. But I think when we respond faithfully and obediently to the call of being baptized, we are not only just a child, but we're set on mission. And we're on this ongoing process of being more like Jesus, this transformed life of being more like Jesus. This is what Paul says in Galatians 3, 26 through 27. It says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. It's a new identity. And it's crazy to think that so much can happen in that one act of obedience, of going underwater and coming up. But if you think in your mind, think of like, if you're a sports person, think of your favorite team and your least favorite team. For me in football, don't boo me, my favorite team's the Colts and my least favorite team is the Patriots. So, woo! So, I'm thinking my life before giving myself over to the lordship of Jesus, I'm playing on the Patriots team. But when I give up myself, when I die to my old life and come up to the waters of my new life, I'm now on the Colts team, God's team. So the transformation that happens is you're changing allegiances, okay? When, when your faith puts you under the water to, to come up, you're changing allegiances. It's no longer Peyton who serves the world and gratifies the desires of my flesh and does what I want to do. But now I'm changing my allegiance. And we know this word. We're Americans. We say it probably every day at school or you used to pledge allegiance to the flag. Well, our allegiance has changed in our act of faithful obedience through baptism to where we align ourselves with Jesus and with his kingdom and his mission. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. It's a newness of life that leads to transformation. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis, and I think my friends are going to play this video behind it. So you can watch up there. C.S. Lewis talks about transformation like this. He says, Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right, stopping the leaks in the roof, fixing the shutters on the walls and on the windows, and so on. You knew those jobs needed doing, and so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abdominally. And it doesn't really seem to make any sense what on earth is he up to? He starts throwing out a new wing here. He puts a garden here, brings pillars here. He's running up towers, making courtyards. You see, you thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but God is actually building a palace, and it's one that he intends to come in and live in himself. Baptism is a faithful response of obedience 
that leads to transformation, a life that is no longer about us, but about new life in him. And so the end of Matthew 3 um, is Jesus' baptism that we read. The next verse is Matthew 4. And it reads that Jesus was sent out by the Spirit into the wilderness um, to be tempted. So for Jesus, this baptism was the inauguration of his ministry. An inauguration, we talk about it, what, four times every four years? But it's just a ceremony of, of a beginning, a ceremony celebrating the beginning of something. So for Jesus, his baptism was the inauguration into ministry to walk amongst people, to do miracles, to heal, to teach, to be with people, to eat with people like Zacchaeus. And for us too, our baptism, if you have been baptized, is an inauguration into ministry. So I figure I'm talking to two people in this room and it's okay because I love that two people, both of you are in here. There's the person that has been baptized and you're asking, okay, what's my, next, what's my next step? Like I made this commitment, but now what do I do? Well, continue to be obedient and you have ministry to do now. You have people to go and tell the good news to. You have people that you get to tell your story of faith, how you've come to have the faith that Jesus is who he says he is. He did what he said he would do. And I know that he's gonna come back and do what he said he was gonna do again. And so you have people in your circle every day that you walk past, that you, you meet with. Maybe you don't talk to them, but you brush your shoulder in the hall with them. You have people to tell this good news to like Peter did. If you have been baptized, you have a ministry to do, to tell the good news and to baptize, to make disciples. And if you haven't been baptized, that's okay. We're glad you're here. If you haven't been baptized and you're, you're thinking, what do, I, what do I need to do? Should I be baptized? Jesus was. <laughs> but I want you to take the next song that we sing and if you're wrestling with either of those things, like how do I even start telling people about Jesus? Or how do I start talking about baptism? And I maybe have some more questions. Uh, pick up your adult leader by the arm and take them to the wall. They would love to talk with you about that. I'll talk with you about that. Any adult in here will talk with you about that. But it's when you come to this point of faith in who Jesus is that you respond, respond obediently in baptism and you start to take part in the transformed life that Jesus wants to do ministry through you. Let's pray. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for being true, for being good. Jesus, thank you for your obedience, obedience in baptism, and even more so obedience to death on a cross. Thank you for the truth of your resurrection and the way it changes our life. Thank you for letting us partner with you in kingdom work. Give us clarity on what our next steps are. And Holy Spirit, would you guide us in conversation this week? We love you. We pray all these name, things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.